Dunfermline, the most populous locality in Fife, the home of Jim Leishman, the home of Barbara Dixon. A medieval town, a former industrial powerhouse, synonymous with hard men, hard work, coal, limestone and linen. In 1709, a weaver known as James Blake conducted an act of industrial espionage by gaining access to the workshops of a linen factory in Dunfermline in order to memorise their secrets. He did this by pretending to act like a simpleton. So if it worked for him... So we're on the train to Dunfermline, wetting our anticipation, our, our trip to the hallowed terraces of East End Park, uh, a ground that dates back to 1885, the same year the club was formed. Shuffling off to Fife today is a full, is a, is a full house of myself, Moff. I'm sporting the new third kit, which is now up there as one of my favourite pieces of clothing, alongside my Miami Vice singlet. Um, Sav, attired in what can only be described as man at CNA. <laughs> Su- uh, Mr Young, appropriately garbed in the clothings of a beat poet and Ross, channeling the fashions and the lifestyle choices of Kurt Cobain. So, <laughs> so gentlemen, um, right, in the last two games, eight goals scored, only one conceded, but no wins on the road yet. Is today the day? Yeah. Uh, I feel confident. As I've said earlier, he also feels confident, and that is worrying us. Okay. Uh, in the last pod, we uh, Andrew said that it would be a 2-2 draw today. Uh, Sub said 1-1. One, one, one. Yeah. Ross said it would be a 2-0 win for us. I said 2-1. So, do you stand by that, or can you be more specific? What specifically is going to happen? Who's who's going to get in behind that uh, high-pressing midfield of Dunfermline? I think um, the, the results against Morton made me feel a little bit more confident. Um, obviously, Dunfermline's uh, run of form recently has not been too great, so I'm hopeful that um, one old draw can be changed to a win for Inverness. Danny Devine is going to get in behind that high-pressing midfield of Dunfermline, backheader the ball gloriously into our net and fallen his arse while doing so. Absolutely forgot about that shite bag. Um, hopefully we absolutely scunner him. Here comes the ticket guy. Right. Here, no, for a minute, I'll do some uh, train noises. Dunfermline Athletic are known as the Pars. Anyone know why? Because John Parr, writer of the seminal 80s hits and Elmo's Fire, is a huge fan. Because even though he is the epitome of a gruff Yorkshireman, his parents actually come from Dunfermline. It's a great song as well. <laughs> so the, er- the earliest theory claims that the. <laughs> Claims that in the early days when the football club was closely connected with the cricket club, the footballers were renowned for their performances at the bar, so were called the Paralytics. Oh really? That oh, can't be true. So, ah, yeah, it's true. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get this train <laughs> moving. Choo choo! Full steamboats ahead. We're gonna fucking, we're gonna top them at Paralytic today. Nothing. Let's go. Don't fans there. Uh, what do you think the score is going to be today, guys? 3-1 for us. 3-1 for Dunfermline? It's very confident considering you haven't won a game this season. Uh, it's on the rumour. 2-1 <laughs> <laughs> to the par. Um, I think it'll be 1-0. OK, we're sitting in the main stand here at uh, East End Park. Is it the main stand, eh? Legends. Legends Bond are the main stand. We're sitting with a group of five uh, par season ticket holders and we're going to be talking to Stevie and Gus 
So Stevie and Gus, uh, just want to pose this to you first. Not a lot of money in football at the moment. Times in the championship are tough, but looking at Dunfermline's history, relegation and the Great Depression ended, uh, resulted in the club making use to East End Park for greyhound racing in the 1930s. But now you're second bottom with no wins in four games. So now you've so now now you've really gone to the dogs, haven't you? Oh, very good. Um, yeah, it's been a, a tough season. It's, um, but I do believe that we will get better as the season goes on once all the new players gel. Um, but yeah, it's been a tough start, a tough end to last season and a, a hard start to this season. But I think we'll improve through time. Hope, hopefully today. Who do we need to watch out for today? Um, we've got a new winger in from Kilmarnock who uh, looks quite a decent player. Kyle Turner looks quite decent and hopefully Kevin as well pop up with a few goals. Uh, Gus, is it? Yeah. Right, Gus. Apparently the current Dunfermline Athletic Club badge design was created in 1957 by Colin Dymock, an art teacher at Dunfermline High School, having been inspired, but inspired rather by one of Dymock's mysterious nightmares. You're having a bit of a nightmare this season, aren't you? <laughs> Well, it's early, early doors at the moment, so see how it goes. It's a young team. Uh, every game they play, they get more experience. That's what it is. Last, last year was a terrible season for us. Hopefully, it's going to improve. Right. And uh, I'm in a Legends Bar here with Lynn and Callum. They've come down all the way from Inverness today. Lynn, you go to all the games, home and away. How do you think we've been playing over the past few games? Can we play Martin every week, Andrew, please? Um, yeah, I think we've been, I think we're starting to gel at last. Yeah, people are coming back, like Sean Wells coming back from injury. Decent squad, a bit of depth on the bench, so happy so far, yeah. Yeah, yourself? Yeah, I thought the last two games gave us a major confidence boost. Players like players like Jordan White looked down and out against our growth, whereas, whereas I think um, Morton gave them a real lift, just getting the odd goal and just playing extremely well. Right. And in terms of the squad selection today, I've heard that Keatons might be injured. How much of a blow do you think that is? Big, big blow, yeah. Keatons a class player, um, probably our best player at the minute, and on a bit of coming on, was coming on to a real bit of form, so that would be really disappointing if true, but uh, hopefully, as I said before, we've got a wee bit of depth and there's somebody willing to take their chance and step in this place. And what do you know about Dunfermline? And what are the, who are the key guys to look for there? You done a bit of hope, done a bit of homework. Yeah, well, they signed they signed Harry Cochran and um, and Anthony McDonald's with us last season. They're two good signings. Kevin Nisbet was one of the top scorers in League One, so they're a good team. It's just whether they can gel or not at the start of the season because they've added so many players to the team. So it's, it's an intriguing tie today, I would say. Yeah, two even teams. And uh, when you've you've heard, you've heard about the Wynest Shuffle, obviously you've heard about Blind Away Date, one of the features that we do. What attracted you to Dunfermline today? Why come to this game specifically? <laughs> I think Dunfermline's a cracking away day. Um, it's not the easiest to get to for us, but I've come, I was sitting at Calm on the way along actually. I've been coming to see Dunfermline since I was a little girl because I have family from Dunfermline. So long before Cali Thistle would even thought of, I was coming to watch Dunfermline. <laughs> and uh, Calum, there's been a few star performers over the first portion of the season. Who would you pick out and why for the, for the first few games? Uh, that's hard. Um, since, since Sean Rooney's come back from injury, I think he's he's come back a different player yeah, this he's season. Phenomenal, the pace it? he's shown uh, going forward, he defensively he's improved himself. He looks a lot stronger and fitter. So I'd probably choose him. Yeah. Right, and so obviously the Furman haven't they haven't won a game so far in the league. They've not won a game this season in the league so far. So what's your predictions today, Glenn? Um Two one to us. 
I'll go for a sneaky 1-0 win with an Aaron Doran goal from the edge of the box. Well, we'll take both of them. Cheers, yeah. guys. I'm here with Paul Irvin outside the uh, the meat the, the, Furman, the Furman's meat shack at halftime. It's no no. What, Paul, anything about that first half interest you at all? I was just saying to someone there that uh, there's been essentially no chances at all for either teams, apart from maybe the one in the first minute that got knocked off the line, Jamarco's header away. Other than that, there's been nothing. We've, we've not threatened them at all. They've barely threatened us, apart from a few scuffs. That's about it. I mean, it's such a windy day and they're punting it high up in the air, so they can't really make it. There's not a lot of football being played. If you're the manager, do you pick that team today? I would have, I would have included Welsh. I thought he was really good last week, so I... Uh, Probably too soon for them. Well, they played 90 minutes last week and I thought he was really good, but um, I mean, I, I think I probably would. I mean, Story has been good the last... He was good last week. I thought he was reasonable. And uh, I think Keating's being out kind of hard to replace this is a flat 4-4-2 against a flat 4-4-2 though yeah. so the second half suggests that the score will be exactly the same as the score is right yeah, now well, so we seem to go back to sort of 4-5-1-ish towards the end story seemed to go wide on the right Walsh came a bit uh, came a bit narrower provided a little more creativity in the middle yeah but well, I mean, there, there is a player on the pitch on the, on the bench rather that can make McGregor but he doesn't fancy him does he he was good last week, but in fits and starts. But I mean, that's to be expected. Um, actually, the Harper played really well. So, last second week. half prediction: What we're going to do? We're going to grind uh, out from 0-0. No, no, do you think you'll change it? Nothing's going to finish 0-0. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I could actually see them scoring a right jammy kind of goal, but uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's not. Okay, I'm sitting with Callum and uh, Lynn after the game. Before the game, Lynn suggested the score was going to be... 2-1 to us. And before the game, Callum suggested the score was going to be... 1-0 And what was the score? 1-0 to Callum. <laughs> right, so how, 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 did you, how did you come about that score like? I just thought it was, before the game, I just thought it was sort of two even teams. The way they, we've, they've signed and we sort of start off slow and... I don't know, the, the last few games we'd think we'd start off better, but I thought it was two even teams before the game, and I just thought we'd nab it with overall form, because they haven't won a game yet, so I was sort of thinking behind it. I actually thought they were quite poor. I thought they just set out to frustrate us into Stroppas, and didn't really create what they did create. They had nothing, they had no final punch, so um, I always kind of felt it was either we could, we could go and nick something at the end of the day, yeah. 
you know, for the first like you know hour of the game, it's pretty it's pretty even, and then we've made the substitutions. So, do you think that that's down to Robo? Do you think Robo's had that in his game plan? Do you think that's what he's thought about? Oh, you know, do you think he's thought I've got these subs on the bench? I'm going to nullify them from certain period of time. Or was it was it just luck? Surely it's not just luck. I think it was a bit of a tactical play too because the two players who came off Carson, I thought you know he didn't have much of it. He didn't look any better than was. And Jordan was really holding up the ball. He was struggling against Ashcroft, and he took them off. Brought on Welsh, who, to be fair, when he came on the park, controlled it. We got across, you know, controlling the play. We looked like we're coming forward. And even Todrov, he was still holding up the ball against Ashcroft. So I thought it was decent. So it was two good tactical changes that went. I just felt we were getting more and more frustrated that we couldn't get going. I think they did their homework to stopping us, um, but uh, and you could see they were getting more and more frustrated as the game went on. And actually, after the penalty, you could see the sheer relief in the players' faces by the celebrations. And I like to think the crowd helped them today. I think they were noisy, noisy, encouraging Cali away, and we never really let show how frustrated we were all feeling. And then we just kept singing and getting on with it, and, and we got our just just reward. What, what, what about the substitutes then? We've got um, Welsh has come on, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Todorov's coming up, coming up, coming up front, and he's, he's a couple of great touches. Yours, he's been involved in a couple of plays for the goal. And uh, McGregor again, fans are calling, fans are calling for these three guys being involved in the team. I think Roger McGregor's fearless. I think he's what we need. He just goes for everything because he's young. He's no fear whatsoever. I like I like Todorov. I, I think it's really good that we've actually got a bit of depth in our squad. Well, this we didn't year. have that last season, did no, we? No, no. We can have a decent bench, so we know if it's not working, as it clearly wasn't today, that we can just keep. We can change it. You know, we have options which we didn't have last season, really. I think Roddy as well. Other players haven't really done his, done their homework on him because I haven't seen him a lot. So he's a bit like a breath of fresh air. Once he came on, he had all this space in the middle of the park. He always wanted to move the ball to someone, you know. He wasn't just standing still. He was always moving. The ball was going either wide, or he was trying to play it in the middle. You know, he wasn't just standing static like which a couple of players like Aaron Doran and Walsh were doing today because they didn't really get much space out wide. So I think Roddy was sort of moving the ball a bit and that created space. And it's all happened in the end, you know. Imagine getting a penalty from it. You know? Cool. Man of the match today. Vincent or Welsh? Yeah, we'd probably go with that as well. Welsh came on, obviously, by far and away, the best midfielder in our squad. Uh, wearing the number four, you know, looking like looking like Guardiola. Why did Guardiola wear the number four? Who was he? Uh, Who was his hero? I I thought it was a wee passage, of, passage of play. <laughs> See, in the last like, five minutes where Welsh takes the ball down, we all saw it down to the corner. And he's just like shimmied one way, shimmied that way, and you saw yeah, like right the, yeah, the you saw the pitch. sort of player that that, he, that, that he, you know he could have been. He's 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 a, technically he's actually a phenomenally technically excellent player. He really is. Yeah, yeah I was talking to Martin about that. Um, he is technically excellent, but it's a confidence that he's got. He carries the ball in a way that I think Vincent can do, but I think he's too quick to release it. Um, Carson, we've not seen that from at all. Welsh, a point, Welsh has more confidence. Yeah, yeah. There's a point at which Sean Welsh like carries the ball from just about the halfway line, diagonally, right across the field, basically evading every single challenge. We're at this stage just trying to like play out time. And that confidence just that he knows he's going to be able to like beat every other player. You know, we don't have another player is like that. Is he going to work you know? with Vincent as a two? Uh, they, 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 will, they, will, they will work as a two. And Welsh is going to play to the left. Well, and listen, and listen. Welsh is intelligent enough to be able to get a game at a Charlie Trafford. He's intelligent enough to get a game out of a much better player than James Vincent. Yeah. 
sounds fair. You can see the movement yeah. in the Lack of physical presence them. in the centre midfield. I mean, we've well, we've we lo- we lo- we years. We lacked a physical presence yeah. last season and it didn't true. stop us. And that's, actually, well, that's something that Martin, Martin just said there. You know, you can see the movement of the players around him because when you've yeah. got a player like that that will carry the ball, then other players are able to actually give him options. You well, know, they see possibilities and they start yeah. moving and acting more viciously. Yeah, because if you do, if, you know, if every player is too quick to get rid of the ball, then we're never going to get any sort of like dominance. You know, whereas Welsh by carrying the ball is allowing other players to actually up their game. You know, and actually create options. I think when Welsh is on the pitch, Welsh is on the pitch. The rest of the players believe in the team a little bit more. It's also yeah, like he's willing to take the ball in any position. It's quite. Yeah. It was really clear he's, last season. Gregor wanted the ball as well in difficult yeah. positions. Welsh is up, Welsh is up in the top, top right-hand corner of the pitch in the last five minutes. Yeah. And all right, he's just come on and he's fresh, but he's been asked to play holding midfield. And that's where yeah. he is. So we're all excited about the last half an hour, but I don't think we played very well for the first hour Listen, of the game. If, Rob, if it's Robo's game plan to do what he did and go toe-for-toe toe with them and give the boys a chance in the team, and then he knows he's got arguably better players to put on for the last 20 minutes, and the game plan, then the game plan worked perfectly. Yeah. We're on the train, the successful train, the winning train. 1-0 against the Furman away. Fantastic. A game we were drawn last season. Go. It was an atrocious game. It was an awful game to watch. The wind absolutely ruined it. We didn't get in our rhythm at all. Uh, first half, I felt we started by taking the game to Dunfermline, which was really encouraging, but very direct. Ball hanging up in the wind quite a lot. What changed the game was Robbo. Robbo from the bench. I said in the preseason preview, Robbo doesn't change the game enough from the bench. Turns out it's because he didn't have a bench to change the game with. Now he does. <laughs> he's doing it. He's you know he's making early substitutions. Brought on Todorov. McGregor by 20 minutes to go as well. Brought on Welsh and McGregor, and they were both fucking brilliant. Aye. You know, charged us on the penalty. Might have been slightly. What, 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 what's our what's our what's our base? Not talking about the back line. What's our base midfield? Going forward, like what's our best four or two or five and one? Right, uh, it's a five and one. It's still White, it's still Walsh, it's still Doran, it's still Keatings. But if he's injured, it's McGregor, and it's Vincent and Welsh. Um, Welsh and Vincent in the middle. Um, everything the same except I would. I'd say McGregor and White. Yeah. McGregor and White. Yeah. agree with Ross. I think Ross is spot on there. Yeah, just hope Keaton's is back soon because I think we missed him today. But yeah, Welsh and uh, Vincent in the middle for me. Well, we missed him today, but we still fucking won. Choo choo. Yep, yep.